Good afternoon, everybody. It's the bald-headed country boys here with you. Jesse Wayne, Taylor, and Papa T over here to my left. Hey, buddy. What's up, dude? How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I've had better days. Yeah? Yeah. I think I woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, it happened to me yesterday. Oh, so you do have days like that? Yep. I think yeah. everybody probably does. I think... I think your mama thinks that I'm the only one that ever <laughs> wakes up on the wrong side of the bed. <laughs> Fair. That's the way, that's the way she looks at me anyway. <laughs> I, I don't know how to explain when you wake up and you just, you just don't feel it, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have days like that where you just don't feel it. Yep. That's, that's the way I felt today. I don't know why. And then, lo and behold, something uh, fell on our garage door and broke it. So that that added insult to injury. And then I burnt my finger on the barbecue pit, and that added insult to injury. I think what I need to do is sit back and take stock of what's going on today, and maybe the good Lord is trying to teach me something. What do you think it is? Maybe you just need. You know what I think it is? Do you remember the? Do you remember the um, the account in the Bible where? Peter was all tore up about something. I can't remember what he was tore up about. And anyway, Jesus sent him fishing. Mm-hmm. I think he was wor- I think he was worried about paying the temple tax. Could be wrong about that. You Bible scholars out there can straighten me out on this. But I think he was worried about paying the temple tax. And Jesus sent him fishing because Peter was a fisherman, right? Right. And so he goes down to the to the river and does some fishing. Pulls out a fish, or some fish, and there are gold coins in the fish's mouth. Now, a lot of people have wondered why Jesus had, you know, added that account, you know, or why the, the Holy Spirit added that account to Scripture. Why was it so important that Jesus sent Peter fishing? And I think sometimes you just need to step away, be by yourself, veg out. That's the first uh, the first thing I take away from it. The second thing I take away from it is that the Lord always provides. You know? I mean, there Peter was all tore up about the temple tax and how they were going to pay it. And lo and behold, he went out there and went fishing and there were some gold coins in the fish's mouth. So that's how he paid the temple tax. So maybe you just, sometimes you just need to go into your corner or go into your room or go into your closet or whatever and just spend a little time by yourself contemplating and thinking about things and spend some time with the Lord. Maybe that's what he's trying to tell me. Or he may be trying to tell me I'm just being a jerk. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard yeah, to say. Yeah, I can feel that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you just, you, I guess I get the poor little old me syndrome. I don't know. You know? Pitch a fit. Well, no, I, I really pitched, well, I did get a little aggravated today when the garage door broke. That really, that really aggravated. On your drive? No. Before your drive, or during your drive is what I'm saying? No, like. No, I don't. What are you talking about, my drive? You went on a drive after the garage door broke. No, I went and got my, I went and got a pedicure. (laughs) 
I'm so pissed you didn't invite I, me. I, 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 there again. My I back went, is killing I me. Went I just my, walked four miles. I went to my closet. I went and got a pedicure. I looked down yesterday. Your mom and I spent a little time together at, at a swimming pool, and I looked down, and my feet look like an orangutan. Now, I know there's going to be people out there that's going to dog me for getting pedicures, okay? Because men ain't supposed to do stuff like that, right? I thought that for a long time. I'm still a guy. <laughs> I'm still a guy. Boy, I'm my heart. All right, so you I'll never forget listening to that song for the first time on the way. You were driving me to school, so I must have been 15 years old, to Lipscomb. You were driving the Envoy, too, and we listened to that song, I'm Still a Guy, by Brad Paisley in the car, and you, you know, laughed your butt off. I need to listen to that song You thought it was the funniest again. thing, dude. I need to listen to that song again because, all right, so let me tell you about the pedicure thing, right? Yeah. So my brother-in-law, Steve, your uncle, the king of karaoke, was uh, uh, telling me one day that his wife had talked him into going to get pedicures. And now to describe Uncle Steve to you, um, Steve is not—he's a manly man, you know. I mean, you wouldn't—you wouldn't see Uncle Steve going to get a pedicure. I, I couldn't see Uncle Steve going to get a pedicure. I've known that man for forty years, and I wouldn't know him for getting a pedicure. Anyway, so Uncle Steve decides he's going to go get a pedicure, and so I started ragging him about it. I said, "Oh, did you get your nail? Did you get your did you get your manicure too? Did you get your fingernails painted? Stuff like that, you know. What's next? You gonna be getting facials?" And he said, "Hey, he calls me Big T. He looked. He said, hey, Big T, you ever had a pedicure?'" I said, "No, I ain't getting a pedicure." He said, "Don't knock them till you tried them." So I thought about that, and I thought, "Well, okay." Next time I carried your mama, get her nails done. I used to carry get her nails done, and I'd sit there at the salon, read a magazine while she's getting her nails done. This little lady invited me over to get a pedicure. I said, nah, I'm good. And she said, you need a pedicure. I'm sure you need a pedicure. And so Donna said, he does need a pedicure. And I said, all right, I'll get one. You know, I'll get one. I'll just show y'all I'll go get a pedicure. I, I'm, You know, I'm man enough I can handle this. Son, let me tell you, I have been a fan of pedicures ever since. Don't knock them till you try them. I'm a, just a big fan of the massage chairs. Oh. It really helps what I got going on. Dude, I'm telling you, it, uh, you know, especially when you, you get older and your feet get yucky. You, they just get yucky looking, you know? Mm-hmm. You use them all the time. Probably the most useful part of your body. And, uh, they go in there, man, and they, they fix them up, make them look like, you know, look, make them look pristine. Break out that belt sander. Well, just about, yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. So there again, don't knock them till you try them. So yeah, I, did, I went and got a pedicure today. Uh, they tried to convince me I needed a manicure, but I don't like manicures. They cut my fingernails too close. So nothing bad happened at the pedicure, though. I don't reckon. What do you know that I don't? I'm just making sure. You said you burnt your finger on the grill and you broke your garage door and you just had all this stuff. Well, happening. I broke, I burnt my finger before I came up here to do the podcast. So I was hacked off about that when I came up here to do the podcast. I could tell by the way you were stomping. I was stomping up here because I burnt my finger. So there again, maybe I just need to tell, just take a step back and say, okay, you just need to chill out. And, and you know what's, what, what's killing me right now, Jesse is my aunt Donna is going to be listening to this. My Aunt Donna, my mother's sister, is going to be listening to this, and she's going to be saying, you're acting just like Jerry Taylor. 
And that's just going to burn me up when she says that. She's going to call me and tell me that. I guarantee you, if she listens to this podcast, she's going to call me and tell me I'm acting like Jerry Taylor. I'm glad daddy. somebody's allowed to say that to you because when she I say She is it, not allowed to say that to me. She is not allowed to say that to me anymore after today. I'm not going to let her say you it. You do pitch a big fit then. I'm not going to let her say it anymore after today. You think that's going to help anything? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think Aunt Donna's going to listen to me? No. <laughs> I do have to take stock in Aunt Donna, though, because she is the one that saved me that day I bit the doorknob. Um, had it not been for her, I would have I would have still been sucking on that doorknob. You can count yeah. on it. So. I don't remember what episode number that was, but we had a had a story about Dad eating a doorknob mm-hmm. a few episodes back. Y'all should go check that one out if you haven't listened. So to it. let's just let's just put it all together here. When I when I wake up on the wrong side of the bed like I did today, not very good things happen. So I guess my I take my takeaway from this. I may go lay down and take a nap when we get done with this, and I'm going to get up on the other side of the bed and see what kind of attitude I have. Mm. I bet it'll be different. Yeah, I bet it'll. Talking be about your attitude makes you want to change it sometimes too. Yeah, so, and you know this has been healthy. Just sitting here talking about it has mm-hmm. been healthy. You know. Yeah. So, uh, but I can't wait to get get the call from you, Aunt Donna. I know you're going to call me Jerry Taylor, so I'm prepared for it. I'm mm. ready. And talking about my Aunt Donna also makes me think about my Uncle Benny. Yeah. You know, my Uncle Benny saved my life one time. Tell me about it. Well, I was about three years old, and we were at my grandma and grandpa's house, and I had gotten into some bubble gum. And I, to hear him tell it, I remember the incident. I don't remember all the details. So the details are coming from Uncle Benny. Okay? God rest his soul. So Uncle Benny was up on a ladder right there at the end of my grandmother's house changing out her eve lights, and I was down on the ground, and he said that I had a wad of bubble gum in my mouth that would have choked an alligator. (laughs) And... I swallowed it. Okay. I got choked. And he said, I knew something was wrong when Travis started running across the yard. I got choked and started running. I don't know why I did that. I was three, you know, three year old me, probably not the sharpest tack in the box, you know. So Benny jumps off of that. He didn't climb down the ladder. He jumps off of that ladder, which he's almost two stories up off the ground. Mm-hmm. He jumps off of that ladder, and Benny was really fast in his day. He was he was quick, and he ran and grabbed me up by the arm and picked me up and held me in one arm, just like he was, you know, like the what they call it, the fireman crawl. They held me, held me with arm, one arm, and he started beating me in the back with the other arm. And he said that water bubble gum shot out of that, I shot out of my mouth and went about four or five feet. And rolled across the ground. It was that big. And he picked, set me down. He said, you okay? You okay? He said, this is what I said. I looked up at him and said, whew, scare my death. I almost piss all over myself. (laughs) (laughs) Pardon my French, but that's what he said I said. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. So Uncle Benny, Uncle Benny did save my life one time. Had it not been for Uncle Benny, I would have been... Pushing up daisies with a big old wad of bubble gum in my throat. And had it not been for my Aunt Donna, I would still have a doorknob stuck in my mouth. So my mother's siblings have been very good to me my entire life. Even though 
they they would always call me. They would knew it got my goat. They would call me Jerry Taylor. That's hilarious. So now you know how Uncle Benny saved my life. That's hilarious. Yeah, I haven't heard that one yet. That's a new one for me. Scare my death. I'm gonna piss all over myself. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Good times. Good times. That's so funny. You started to say something. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say you were talking about waking up on the wrong side of the bed. I did that the other day, and it kind of bit me in the butt. I was uh, in the car, and I was in a hurry, right? And uh, this car goes past me at a stop sign. And I have to get behind them, and they're going right underneath the speed limit, which was mm. just enough to just like, mm. I was not, I was hurting, I was not feeling good, I was not in a good mood, they were going right underneath the speed limit, and mm. I thought, man, I I could go around these people, there's nobody on this road, but I mean, I, and it's like a straight away for a mile, and then as at the very end of the curve, I see a tractor coming around, and I'm like, no, I can't go around this person, right? So, I'm not like dangerously up on them, but I, I'm. So you don't do like your mama does. No, I'm not like dangerously yeah. up on them, but I was certainly close enough behind them for them to be like, "This person's right behind me," kind of deal. Right. We go. There was a long line behind the tractor. We go on all the way around. We get up to the red light. I have no idea if they were turning around telling me to back off of them or if they were turning around to wave at me. But I was so upset because the light was green and they were stopped there. And I just see people wave, like, hands at me. And so I'm, like, turning around, like, pointing at the light going, what in the world? The light is green. Why are you not going? And then I get around them and I knew exactly who it was. Who? <laughs> I ain't, ain't going to incriminate myself. I'm not going to say any names because I don't know if they saw me. But it was somebody I knew and that I liked a lot that I thought a lot of. And I thought, well, goodness gracious, oh. I sure hope. I sure hope they don't think I was being mean to them because I wasn't. I just needed to get around them. That's all. That is the worst feeling. <laughs> hey, dude, we've all been there. We've all been there. It's. Let me ask you a question. I called Catherine right afterwards, and I was like, you ain't going to Let me ask this. you a question. Was it somebody you go to church with? Yeah. It's always yeah. somebody you go to church with. <laughs> Finest people in the world. But they're, but but it, when you do something like that, it's always some. Hey, you know, I hate to admit this, but there have been times when I would – I would, I would give a gesture that I'm not very proud of. Yeah, been there too. You know, and uh, I, I almost did that one time, dude, to a one. guy that I went to church with. I did, and your mama, she knew what I was fixing to do, so yeah. we pulled up right next to him when I was getting ready to pass him, <laughs> and I was getting ready. She knew what I was fixing to do, because when I passed him. I passed him so that he was on the passenger side, which is on your mama's side, right? So mm -hmm. he would have seen your mama before he saw me, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I passed him, I had reached across your mama and had my hand in the position to to give this man a traffic gesture that I'm not very happy about, not very proud of at all. Mm -hmm. And I prayed the Lord forgives me for that. <laughs> And just as I passed him, I saw who it was, and your mama saw who it was, and she hauls <laughs> off and smacks my hand and says, Stop it. 
do you know who that was? I said, I do now. I do And she said, are you happy with yourself? I said, not at all. (laughs) I said, I feel like the biggest jerk in the world right now. She said, what would you have done if that man had seen you do that? I said, I I don't know, Donna. I said, I really don't know. I said, I was in the wrong right there. I should have never done that. I don't know why. (laughs) And I said, Lord, forgive me for that because this dude is one of the nicest sweetest kindest guys you'd ever meet in your life and i would have never wanted to i would never have wanted him to associate that gesture with me yep then i got to thinking about it why do that anyway Mm -hmm. all it's going to do is make somebody else mad and what if you know why am i not as concerned what a stranger thinks about me doing that as I am that man from church. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, for from, sure. in the Lord's mind, I'm supposed to love everybody. Yeah. So I do love that, that fellow from church. I wouldn't want him to associate that gesture with me. <clears throat> Why would I do that to a stranger? Yep. It's the same thing. Yep. There's no difference. Am I right about that? You're a hundred percent right about that. It's something we should think about all the time. So, I don't do that anymore. Well, I have to say, I told Catherine, I was like, I don't think I did that, but I was upset. So there's a chance I could have let one slip, but I, I really don't think I did that. I said, but there was one time when I did. I was about 17 years old, and I was driving over here on Charlesdale. I was stopped at a road at a stop sign, and I had my I was in your envoy. And the front end of it had like creaked out just enough to where I thought, man, I wish I wouldn't have pulled up that far. And like other people coming could have maybe been a little like, I have to move out of the way to avoid this person as yeah. I'm coming by kind of deal. Yeah. And a car comes by, I had could not see who was driving it. I wasn't looking directly at them when they, like as they were coming, but when they came by, I could see their finger pointing at me. And I thought they were like getting on to me for pulling out too far. And I thought, well, I didn't mean, I didn't do nothing. I didn't mean to do anything. And I flipped them the bird as they went by. Or just call it the gesture, the traffic gesture. The traffic gesture. The traffic gesture I'm not proud of. Yeah, let's call it. I threw that up in the air and I got a phone call 30 seconds later. Dude. Uh huh. I've never gotten a phone call. 30 seconds later from the person I had just flipped off. Oh, my word. And they asked me if, where I was driving, and I lied. I, I, I think I told them where I was driving, and they said, did you just flip me the bird? And I was like, no, I did not, because they were so upset. I could tell they were very, very oh, upset. Oh, my word. And I was, like, I was like, no, no, I was just waving at you. I was just waving at you, because I had no idea who it and was. And they knew good and well you were lying. I had no idea who it was. I thought they were getting mad at me for, like, pulling out too much and, like, giving me down the road so i did the gesture but they were just waving at me <laughs> oh my word i you never told me that yeah dude that was a bad one Wait, 17. so you were 17 mm-hmm. well okay so you're 17 young and dumb but i was i was 29 the other day when i did the other one well but, but again i don't think i did a gesture that day i think i just was like well still 29 i was probably 48 when i did that one you know that your your mama slapped my hand away and and yeah. really chastised me. So yeah, uh, so you know, hey, if you don't learn anything else from from today's podcast, just learn this that you know 
everybody makes mistakes. We all do dumb things. So this, I'm telling these stories made me think of something that's hilarious. My little brother Hunter, whenever he learned what that gesture was, he realized that he would get in trouble very quickly for, for doing said gesture, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So whenever he like, would get really, really bad. He went through that phase where he would do like his like karate stuff. Cause like mm-hmm. we both, we all took Taekwondo and got black belts in Taekwondo. And Hunter took that seriously. And Hunter, when Hunter would get mad, when he would get really overheated, he would just fling out into karate moves mm-hmm. and just start looking like some little karate kid. Right? right. But after he learned how to, how to do the gesture, he started wanting to use it, but never wanted to get in trouble for it. So he would just, Raise up half of his middle finger. <laughs> he would do the knuckle. He would raise up his middle knuckle, and he would bite his lip, and he would just give me that middle knuckle, <laughs> shaking it in my face, dude. It, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. <laughs> well, so he could only get halfway in trouble. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the whole deal was because I don't ever remember him necessarily doing that in front of y'all. So like, why he didn't just go ahead and give me the full bird? I don't know. All right. So do you remember how old you were when you found when you when somebody did that gesture and you asked, "What does that mean?" I don't know. I feel like I feel like somebody was telling me a story about. One of my cousins doing it in the back of a car to like other cars driving by. Yeah. And, and then I was like, what are y'all talking about? And then I got it explained to me, I think. I remember vividly riding the bus when I was in the first grade and I was six years old. And there was another fellow on there the same age as me. His name is Lee Brown. And Lee mm-hmm. Brown, unfortunately, went to, went to be with the Lord that year when I was in the first grade. Oh, wow. And, uh, I don't remember exactly what was wrong with it. He had, he had a, a, an illness of some sort, um, and he passed away. And Lee Brown and I were sitting in the same seat on the bus, and he flipped me the bird. And I said, what does that mean? And he said, well, it means you don't like your mama and daddy. <laughs> and I said, well, you, do, you like your mama and daddy? And he said, yeah. He said, I love my mom and daddy. He said, but I, I'm just letting you know what that means. He said, I said, okay, well, thanks. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> so that afternoon, I walk in to the house. Mama's in the kitchen cooking. And she turns around, and she goes, hey, how was your day? And I flipped her two of those gestures. <laughs> oh, gosh. One with each finger. Because I worked on it all day. I could do it with my right hand, but I couldn't do it with my left hand. <laughs> so, like, when I was away from everybody else and by myself, I worked on it where I could get it with my left hand. And I, and I showed Mama when I come in. those. Two, uh, so I gave her a double gesture, right? Mm-hmm. And Mama said, what does that mean? And I said, it means you don't like your mom and daddy. And she said, go to your room. So I went in my room. A little while later, Mama come in there, and she flat wore me out. And she said, now, we don't use that gesture ever because you love your mom and daddy. And for the longest, I didn't use that gesture. Yeah. But then later, I did find out what it actually meant, and it had nothing to do with your like or dislike with your mom and <laughs> no, daddy. So That's hilarious. You know, um, so that, there again, uh I think everybody remembers their first encounter with what that, with what that gesture, you know, of learning what that gesture is all about. So. Yeah. 
good rule of thumb. Just don't, don't do it do while it. you're driving. Don't do it ever. Yeah. You but know. especially while you're upset and you're driving, you shouldn't do you it. You know. Don't do it ever. All right. So. I got one more story about that. Okay, hit me. And so I got a guy who was talking to a guy one day, and we were talking about this very thing about the gesture, learning the gesture, using the gesture, using the gesture when in traffic and all that. And he said, you know what I've learned to do? And I said, what? He said, as badly as I want to do that. He said, I just look at people and say, hold up your praying hands and say, I'm praying for you. <laughs> and he said, now, scriptures tell you to uh, forgive and it heaps coals on the head of your offender. Okay? He said, I learned that if I walked up, if I did that gesture to somebody, all it's going to do is just make them angry at me and maybe make them so mad they want to jump out and hurt me or something like that. He said, because nothing sets anybody off in traffic worse than that. He said, but when you look at somebody and you hold up your praying hands and say, I'm praying for you, he said, all of a sudden, y'all become pretty good friends. So if you have a hand gesture you have to throw up, do the praying hands. I think that's a good one. It's not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. But you do have to take both hands off the wheel to do that. So. You, you do need to be in a stationary position when you do yeah. that. You can't do it while you're <laughs> passing somebody doing 112. At least and, you know. drive with your knees. Yeah, yeah. Do something like that. So, <laughs> you know. Okay, all right. So, cool. Let's talk a little bit about, so, everybody always wonders where where we got our musical talents from, right? Well, I think we got a little bit from both sides for sure. I would agree with that. Yeah. I think we got a little bit from both sides. I remember, um, like mom, I remember rewriting songs when I was little, but I remember mom rewriting some other songs with me later on as I got older. Um, but you've always talked about this tuba you used to play in high school yeah ma'am i was fairview high school's on a tuba player for three years i've never seen you play tuba though my first my first year my freshman year there was a fella by the name of jason gossett who was he was a year ahead of me in school um eric jones played with him the year before which was in my eighth grade year so eric had just graduated and jason gossett was there he had two. He was working on his second year under his belt, and I was coming in not knowing anything. And Jason was a he was good to me. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, Jason went to be with the Lord this year. Mm. Yeah, um, that was a that was kind of a kick in the gut a little bit because mm-hmm. I hadn't seen Jason in a long time. Yeah, um, but he was good to me, and uh, we played together for. Uh, one year, and then he decided to do something else, and so I was Fairview's only tuba player for three years. Yeah. So the well, the reason I ask is, like I said, I've never seen you. Like, I I remember you playing that mandolin right there a little bit when I was younger, but I just haven't seen you do much musical stuff. So I kind of thought I want I wanted to hear a little bit more about your band life. Um, because I didn't do band when I was in high school. I did chorus for a year, my freshman year. Yeah, but um, I played football, and there wasn't many, many. I don't really know if there was anybody who did both. 
We I don't even know I don't even know if Lipscomb had a band. They did. Like, they like, had like a pet band. Yeah, they played but it wasn't like games. a. Um, that, I mean, Lipscomb's known for their course, or, or was I don't know. You know, y'all been out of school for a long time, so right. I'm sure that there've been a lot of you know a lot of things that have changed over there, and hopefully, maybe that the band is one of them that they they're getting a bigger band. But uh, I do know that they've always been known. You know, they win. I don't know what it is. The grand slam of all courses every year mm. in high school, you yeah. know, um, and their course is second to none. It's beautiful. Oh yeah. You know, um, the, uh, when, when, when I was growing up, we, we were not a, we were not a sports family. Right. I didn't even get into sports until after I started dating your mama. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I really got into it is so we'd have something to talk about. Right. Because she was in this, you know, she played softball. All of her brothers played football. Some of them played basketball. Um, so they were, they were a big sports family. We go over there on Sundays to eat lunch after church and we, there was either a football game, a baseball game, a race or something. And I knew nothing yeah. about any of that. So that I, I, I finally just told my parents, Hey, if I'm going to, if, if I'm going to hang out with this girl and eventually marry this girl, I'm going to get into sports somehow, some way. So I, you know, we have something to talk about. Of course, that was already out of high school when when all this went down. But anyway, yeah, had I not played football in high school, I'd have been ridiculed by her side of the thing. Yes, you, I mean, I was ridiculed me, anyway. Yeah. But still, yeah, but you, it would have been worse. Yeah, it would have been worse. Um, and so when I was in the eighth grade, I was working uh, late after school one day on the yearbook. I was on the yearbook staff, and our band director in Fairview Middle School and Fairview High School at the time was Tom Steger, and I knew Mr. Steger, knew all the teachers because my mom worked for the school system uh, as a as a bookkeeper and a secretary. And so Mr. Steger comes into the room where I am, nobody in there but he and myself, and he walks up to me, and I said, hey, Mr. Steger, and he looked at me, and he said, let me see your teeth. <laughs> and I went, smiled, said, uh, what, I have something in my teeth? He goes, no. He said, have you ever thought about being in the band? I said, I can't, no, I'm not a band dude. You know, I don't know anything about it. He said, he said, I need a tuba player. <laughs> and of course that is probably the least sexy instrument that anybody <laughs> could ever play. You know, I mean, who wants to be the tuba player? Right. So I said, well, um, you know, I don't think I want to do that. So Mr. Steger goes and talks to my mama. And he says, listen, he said, I've got a great band full of great people, good people, good kids. He said, next year is going to be Travis's freshman year in high school. He said, it's not a bad thing for him to be around good people, you know? And he said, all these kids are very education focused. All these kids are wanting to go on to, you know, to, to college. I mean, you know, he said, I've got this probably the best group of kids I've ever had. And mom's like, okay. He said, look, I'll, I'll, I'll help you out if, you know, if you, if I need to come by and pick him up or drop him off. He said, I'll get him to practices and things like that because mom was working two jobs at that time. And mom's, you know, she was in, she was, Hey, th- Tom, thank you very much. I appreciate you, you know, thinking of us like this. And yes, uh, I'll talk Travis into it. No problem. So I come home from school one day and mom goes, guess what? You're going to be in the band. And I went, no, I'm not. She said, yes, you are. You're going to be in the band, said Tom Steger's going to come pick you up 
Saturday after Saturday morning. Y'all are going to the school, you and my sister both, and y'all are going to learn an instrument. And I said, Mom, I'm not playing the tuba. And she said, you'll play whatever he tells you to play. <laughs> she said, Tom's a good man, so you're going to do whatever he tells you to do. So I reluctantly went. And he had a knack for really getting you interested into the – into. I love history, right? Yeah. And so he sat there and he told me, he said, now this instrument you're, you're playing was developed by John Philip Sousa. It's called the Sousaphone. You know, the bell's up over the top of your head so it can project the instrument. It was actually made to, you know, be in parade so the sound would project outward. Um, he said, you know, the, the, the tuba is the, I mean, that you're the bass. You know, you're, you support the entire band. You're one of the most, I mean, by the time I walked out of there, he had me convinced that if it weren't for me, Fairview High School would not have a band, <laughs> that it would just dissipate, that everybody yeah. would just quit because we didn't have a tuba player, which is it's the farthest thing from the truth. But he had a way for making you excited about it, you know. Yeah. So anyway. That's cool. That summer, um, I developed a really good relationship with Mr. Steger. Um, you know, he's kind of, he's like me, he's, you know, kind of a nerd. I was a nerd. Um, so everything that he was telling me, I was absorbing. And so I've got to the point to where I thought, well, I'm going to read up a little more. And so I got my encyclopedia, encyclopedia Britannica out, started reading up about the tuba, you know, learn a little bit more about the instrument. So we went all summer. We would practice on Saturdays and he would tell us, he would give us scales we needed to work on. I'd go back and do our scales and everything. And so I went in my freshman year into the marching band. Had my first experience with band camp, which is a week-long camp that you have either in late part of July or the first part of August in the hottest weather you've ever been in your life on a parking lot in front of the school. Mm. They had it laid out, you know, like a football field, mm-hmm. and we marched. We marched. We went through our, our routine, and we learned that routine in a week, music, marching, everything. We learned it in a week. And then every day after school, Monday through Thursday, we had band practice for two hours mm. out there in the heat on the parking lot. We drank a lot of yellow Gatorade. That's the reason I, I love say, it. I bet you wasn't a fan of that. Wasn't a, you know what? Well, I worked in the hayfields, so it really wasn't much of a difference then. You know, now I'd be dead. It, it would kill me. <laughs> but you know, then it, it was either work in the hayfields or go to band camp. Six one way, half a dozen the other. <clears throat> so. Fast forward, we'd have band competitions on Saturdays. That's where marching bands from different parts of the Middle Tennessee would go, and then you would compete in different categories, you know. And I will remember we were in Lynchburg, home of Jack Daniels Distillery, and they had a they had a band competition there that year, and there was a band where part of their what part of their performance was an Amazing Grace tuba solo. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as that was over, we got back on the band bus. I told Mr. Steger, I said, before I graduate high school, <laughs> I want to do an Amazing Grace tuba solo in one of our... And I was a freshman, so I had three years to work on this. Mm-hmm. Right? So that was about all it was said. I did go home and teach myself to play Amazing Grace. And I played it for Tom one time. 
And he's like, yeah, it's really good. I said, before I graduate, I want to, you know, well, fast forward to my senior year, right? We go to band camp. That's when they give us the music that we're going to be playing. And Tom hands me my music. It was in a folder. He, he would present, you know, put it in a presentation folder and he would give each, you know, each, each <laughs> instrument, each part their, their music. And it was in the presentation folder. And we sit there and we start going through it. And lo and behold, there's an amazing grace in, in our performance <laughs> in the band that year. And I was elated. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. So as far as I know, I'm the only person in the history of Fairview High School to ever do a tuba solo in a marching band. And we actually won awards that year for yeah. that. Yeah. It was, it was my favorite year. And that was your senior year? That was my said? senior year, yeah. Yeah. Sure was. The last time I played it was the last football game we had, and I was really sad because I really didn't want that, that season to end. We had a good mm. season. <coughs> you know, lots of fun. Um, I'll never forget one day um, our principal, Paul Bullard, called me to the office one day. Uh, I was in class, and he called over the intercom and I don't remember. I think I was in Ricky Jones's. Uh, now let's say I would have been a senior that year, so I wouldn't be in Ricky's class. But I, I can't remember what class I was in. But anyway, Paul Bullard, our principal, called over the intercom and asked me to come to the office. Of course, everybody goes, "Ooh, mm-hmm. you know." Like, you know, and I got to thinking, "Well, what have I done?" You know. So I go into the office, into Paul's office, Mister Bullard's office, and there, sitting in his office, is a guy. Sorry. <coughs> Sitting in his office as a guy. I can't remember his name, but I do remember him being like a principal or superintendent or something like that in Hickman County. Yeah. And he had an eye patch on. Okay. And Mr. Bullard introduced me to this gentleman. And uh, he said, I guess you're wondering why I called you up here. I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, well, Mr. So-and-so wanted to meet you <coughs> and i said okay well it's very nice to meet you what can i do for you he said i was at fairview last friday night at the ball game and you played your amazing grace solo on your tuba yeah and i said yes sir he said i lost my mother about two weeks ago and her favorite song was amazing grace mm-hmm and he said, I was moved. He said, I cried. He said, I just lost it. And he said, I called Paul and asked him if I could come up here and tell you just what that meant to me. And I'm sitting there with big old alligator tears welling up in my eyes, you know. And I said, well, I said, you know, thanks. <laughs> you know, what do you say? When somebody says something like that, you've, you've probably been in that situation. I was about to say, before. dude, it's so cool that you're sitting here telling that because yeah, that's like, that's why songwriters do what they do. I guess so. Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, he said, uh, he said, I had, uh, he said, I had not 
started crying. He said, I hadn't, he said, I went through mom's visitation service, everything. He said, I didn't shed a tear. He said, but I cried mm-hmm. Friday night. And he said, uh, I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to do that. He said, I, I know that people come and watch your shows, but, and, and I know that they get moved in certain points and things like that and they like it, but that you don't ever hear from them. He said, I wanted to make sure that you heard from me. Yeah. And every time I saw Mr. Bullard after that, he would, uh, he would, he would tell me, you know, he'd add, he would remind me of that incident. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, I remember it very well. I said, I won't ever forget it as long as I live. Yeah. You know, but yeah. So, uh, you know, it's kind of funny how one thing that you do just kind of sticks with you. I mean, mm-hmm. there's still people like, a, a, like Blake Kelly. Guy I went all the way through school with, graduated with. He still, every time I see him, he still brings up me playing the tuba in the band. Mm-hmm. You know, and Blake was a, he was a star quarterback on the football team. Mm-hmm. And he still brings up my playing the tuba in the band, which his contribution was so far more memorable than anything that I did, but he still brings it up. Yeah. You know, we still talk about it when we see each other. So, well, maybe not to that guy though. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, you know, all of the time and effort you put into learning that, you know, didn't it, when you heard him say that, made it seem like nothing? Well, it was, it was, it, to me personally, it was a big deal. That's what I'm saying. Like it you made, know. it made all the work and effort you, all the sacrifice it took for you to get to the point to be able to play that <clears throat> like you played it. That didn't feel like it cost nothing, is what I'm saying. Oh, no, no, you're right. You're yeah. exactly right. It was, it, it was like all the hard work, all the band practices and all the traveling that we did to go competitions. It was, it was like it was all worth it for that one very moment, that very, you know, that one moment that'll stick with me yeah. for the rest of my life. I mean, that dude know? said he didn't even cry at any of the other yeah, stuff and yeah. that made him cry. I mean, that's huge, dude. Yeah. That's, that's way bigger than you even think, I think. So it was, uh, it was a very cool experience. Uh, you know, when that fella told me that, my mind went right back to Lynchburg my freshman year when I saw that other band do the, you know, they had two tuba players <clears throat> and they did it. And, uh, and I, you know, my mind went right back to telling Mr. Steger, uh, hey, I want to, I want to do this mm-hmm. and not ever knowing if I would get to do it or not, you know, but yeah, it was pretty cool. That is cool, man. I'm glad you told me that story because I've never heard that. I mean, I knew the I knew the tuba and this the Amazing Grace solo, but I didn't know about that guy. Man, I look back at it, and you know, my being in the band in high school was a god thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, from Tom talking to me about my teeth to going to talk to my mama and the trips that he made to pick us up and drop us back off and. You know, getting to be in there with my sister. She played the baritone in the, in the band. Yeah. So I got to be in there with my sister. Uh, I made a lot of friends in there, people that I still stay in touch with today. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it was, and he was right. There were some really, really good people in the band mm-hmm. at Fairview at the time. And I, I've seen some you know, of them commenting on the, <clears throat> some of the posts and things like yeah. that. And that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. So yeah, I I look back at it and I'm very grateful for everything that the Lord did to put me in that position at that very moment because that's where I needed to be. I needed to be surrounded by people like that. Yeah, you know, and I'm very grateful for that. Well, I doing what I do now. I 
I'm so sad that I didn't do the band in high school. Like there's so much knowledge I would have gained in that amount of time that I, I mean, heck, sometimes I'm like, I still don't know as much musically as I wish I did. But, um, I just, I just, the more people that I talked to that did band in high school really did learn a lot. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's just a big part of me that wishes I would have would have experienced that myself. Um, well, I've looked through all of the tapes and I cannot seem to find anything of your band. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought I had one in there, but maybe not. No, dude, that was blank. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So I guess something got taped over it, but maybe somebody out there has got a got a tape or a video or something well that's kind of what i'm hoping that's kind of what i'm hoping i figured maybe if we got on here and talked about it a little bit maybe somebody would be able to scrape it up somewhere yeah because you know i I graduated so this would have been in the fall of 86 not a lot of people had video cameras then Mm -hmm. you know i mean there were a few so maybe somebody out there's got one and Mm -hmm. they'd put on here and share with us that'd be cool if they did I'd like would, to see myself skinny again. <laughs> That's hilarious. I would love to see video for sure. I would definitely love to hear it. That's uh That's cool, man. It's a real cool story. Yeah, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Like I said, it was life. That was my life then, you know. All right. I lied. I got it.
choked up. Uncle Wilburn come up to see you there for a second, didn't he? <laughs> Man, I didn't expect that. Yeah. You told me you didn't have it. I know, I messed with you. Wow. Well, I got to say the trumpets were a little pitchy in there. <laughs> but, you know, I think at one time... All of our lead trumpet players have braces. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, I don't know how these guys even play. I didn't mm-hmm. have braces. Yeah. You know, and, and they, and they're playing a mouthpiece that's a third of the size of the one that I had. <laughs> and how those guys are even playing with their braces was always amazing to me. And, uh, so, uh, you guys are, you know, you guys are forgiven because of that. <laughs> Cause, uh, y- y'all were, y'all were, you know, y'all were playing some, a very delicate instrument with some very messed up mouths, I'm sure, you know, at that time. So it sure would probably be a a fiasco to get your braces stuck in your trunk. Oh my goodness, man. <clears throat> and you know what? I remember uh, while I was playing, I was sitting there thinking about the people that, uh, was playing with me, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, where everybody is now. And, it, and, and at that point in time, you know, Heck, man, I was what seventeen years old. I was thinking, "Hey, we'll be, we'll all be together forever," you know. And uh, <clears throat> you know, everybody's moved up, grown up, and moved on, and living in different states, and yeah, got kids and grandkids now. You know, mm-hmm. it's a uh, you sit back and you listen to that, and you think, "Man, the, the 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 person that you was when that was being recorded versus the person that you are now, and all the things that's taken place." Mm-hmm. over those years you know so thanks for sharing that that's pretty cool that would have been 36 years ago this fall mm-hmm. that's how that's how long that tape's been around that old cassette been well i found it years i found it and got it <clears throat> copied over to digital last week and i've i've wanted to hear that for a really 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 long time so i'm glad i finally found it well that was pretty cool that was pretty cool, um, man. You know, I go back and I, I I think about all those those good times we had and <clears throat> the people that I was in the band with, and I mean, we just had a we just had a good group. We had a good director, mm-hmm. you know, um, and he uh, he loved his job. That was the thing is he loved what he did. Yeah, that's huge. You know, and he uh, he put together a, a really good program. Um, it, you know, at that little school out there in the west part of Williamson County, mm-hmm. and um, we we won awards. We I can't remember us ever going to a band competition where we didn't win something. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, the last time I was in the high school, as a matter of fact, that's been years ago. And I looked at the trophy case; some of those old trophies are still there. Mm-hmm. You know, still hanging out. So they've been there a long time. Yeah, you know. So that was pretty cool. So you telling this telling me the story of how you um I just thought it was cool that you told him you wanted to do that when you were before you graduated and you got to do it before you graduated. Mm-hmm. I had a similar situation with a teacher of mine, coach Tim Taylor. He was one of my football coaches. He mm-hmm. also was one of my math teachers my freshman year, I believe, and he had all these pictures of awards and plaques of his different students that had that had gotten awards over the years. He was 
in track and field as well. So he just like, he did lots of coaching and had lots of kids that got lots of awards. And we always gave each other a hard time back and forth because his last name was Taylor and I used to call him Uncle Tim sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, and so one day in class, I said, uh, I don't remember what he asked me, but I was probably being smart back then. I looked up at him and I said, you know what? Before I graduate, I guarantee you, you're going to have my face on one of these pictures on one of these walls in here. I'm going to have an award on this wall. He said, you'll never have one of these awards on this wall, Jesse. And like everybody laughed, right? So senior year rolls around. I did not have an award to go on his wall. He was right. <clears throat> but I was not going to let him win. <laughs> so <laughs> during our football banquet, I had a picture in a frame of me with him and his family. And I gave him a I don't remember what the award was called, but it was something like favorite coach award or something. I remember like that. that. So I gave him an award so he would have to put it up in his room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you sit here and you talk about these teachers and uh the impact that teachers had on your life, you know, when you went through school. Uh I was also in ROTC. There was a, our ROTC instructor was a retired chief warrant officer, Jeff Clater. Mm-hmm. Mr. Clater had probably as much impact on my life at that point in time as anybody. Yeah. Mr. Stager, our, our band director had a, a huge impact on my life. Uh, Betty Heights, my biology teacher, um, Lots of good ones. She, uh, um, I, she was very influential on my becoming a Christian. Yeah. Bill Buttry, my English teacher, freshman English teacher, wild Bill. <laughs> uh, he and I would talk on the phone some after I get out of I got out of school and mm-hmm. he uh, he convinced me to sing in a school play one time. Mm. My freshman year, and he put on, Bill put on uh, wonderful plays. What did you sing in the play? It was a song that he wrote. Gosh dang it, I wish I had a recording of that too. I said something to him one time about that. He They did record those, and he said, you know, he said, I just don't really want to go back. You know? And so I don't know whatever happened to him, but uh, I think... He was one of those people that his whole life was Fairview High School the whole time he worked there. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Ricky Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, he dedicated a lot of time. He was the announcer at all the football games. He was he was a basketball coach. He put on a school play. Um, anytime that a, a, a teacher had to dress up and do something silly, he was always the one that dressed up and did something silly. Yeah. And just... He loved he loved every student. Of course, all my teachers did back then. Right. You know, they, they knew your they knew your parents. Um, Bill went to school with mom and daddy, mm-hmm. and 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 your grandmother. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill, uh, you know, his daddy worked for my great granddaddy. Yeah. You know, at one time. So I mean, you know, people had connections that went back for generations during those days. Mm-hmm. Um, 
We still get that some today, too. You, but, you get that some today. But it's definitely, especially when you come from the same small town like that. When you're in a small town like that, and I had teachers that had mom and daddy's teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, or had mom and daddy's students, rather. Because I went through Fairview mm-hmm. all the way through middle school. So when I had, I had teachers in middle school that had... You mm-hmm. sure did. Patricia Gibson. Some of y'all had... had some of my teachers, and I know Steve had a couple of them. Do you remember P- Patricia Gibson? Yeah, no doubt. We still right. we're Facebook friends. Pat- uh, Patricia, super super sweet lady. I had her in the first grade, mm-hmm. and I liked her so much I got her in the sixth grade. <laughs> um, I think that was the year that I had her too. Was in sixth. Yes, grade. I love I love I love me some Miss Gibson. Mm-hmm. She's a wonderful person. Me too. Uh, she was just I don't know. She was always so good to me and. Uh, I can't remember ever having a teacher that that I just really disliked. Mm-hmm. I liked them all. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I liked a bunch of them more than I did others. <laughs> mm-hmm. Our football coach at the time, even though I didn't play football, Jerry Christopher had mm-hmm. a huge impact on my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really good friends with his daughter, and we'd go to their house and swim and hang out. And Mister Christopher was always just so friendly and so welcoming and. And I'll tell you, that's one fella right there. I mean, I never misbehaved, never got out of line around him. He never did anything to threaten me or anything. He didn't have to. Just his presence mm-hmm. required respect. Yeah. And I had no problems giving Mr. Christopher my respect. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, just his presence demanded it. Yeah. You know, super wonderful Christian man. Love him to death. And, uh, you know, Bill Stewart, um, I, unfortunately, Mr. Stewart passed away in March and they asked me to do his service mm-hmm. and that was an honor because there was somebody else that had a huge impact in my life. Ricky mm-hmm. Jones, one of my best friends in the whole world, mm-hmm. my chemistry and my history teacher. And, uh, I mean, he, he's dedicated his entire career to teaching at Fairview high school, still teaches. Yeah. 68 years old. He's still teaching. And, uh, you know, it's just those, those people just that I'm really glad we had this, that we did this particular podcast and we started talking about these teachers because if there's any family members out there listening to this, that, you know, I want you to know that the sacrifices that your mom and dad made as educators really impact, impacted the kids that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wish I could. I wish I could think of all of them um, right now. Uh, like I said, my mind's going a million miles a minute. A- another one who who's not with us anymore um, was uh, um, Richard Huckaba, my senior English teacher, and I was terrible in English. Mm-hmm. Terrible. I English was not my subject. That's hilarious. And he was a fantastic teacher, and. Took me under his wing, and we, you know, he worked with me and helped me. And you know, when I was taking the ACT and was doing terrible in English, he would, he would, you know, teach me certain things to remember to get my scores up on the ACT. I mean, he he was there again. He loved his students. I loved all my English teachers. I loved all mine too. Mm-hmm. I just I just wasn't very good in that subject. You know, mm-hmm. it didn't interest me. Mm-hmm. It was one of those subjects that I'm just like. I'm never going to use English. 
So how often do you use English mm. today? You know, we're using it right now. Lord, I learned a, <laughs> I learned a lesson in plagiarism my sophomore year with Miss Wood, and she showed me a lot of grace on, oh. the, on the table. <laughs> I want, well, the whole class learned it that that semester in that oh, with that particular paper, and uh, I won't ever forget that. And every single time I wrote a paper after that particular instance, which I know that's why she did it, so we would not do it in the future but i was just paranoid every time i wrote another well, paper i'm gonna tell you right that, now I'm learning, I was gonna plagiarize. I'm learning a lot about you during this <laughs> podcast and so i want to apologize to jesse's teachers i didn't know all this stuff had i known a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff wouldn't have been going on i'll just tell you mm-hmm. i'd had control over him then i had no control <laughs> now <laughs> but i want everybody to know that these these educators they do they do make a difference Mm-hmm. And uh, it it really does impact the lives of your students. Um, you know the we when we as students, former students, get together, we still talk about our teachers mm-hmm. and what they meant to us. You know, um, one of my teachers, Miss Sanderlin, one of my English teachers, Miss Sanderlin, she's come to watch me play before. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite stories to tell is on my fifth grade teacher, Molly Stewart. This is Bill Stewart's wife. I just mentioned him a few moments ago. Molly died several years ago. I, again, I was asked to perform her service, which was a which was a real honor for me to do that. When I went into Molly's fifth grade class, we did not like each other. <laughs> the feeling was quite mutual. I didn't like her, and she didn't like me. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Mom worked for the school system. At that time, she was working as a substitute teacher. And Molly went into the teacher's lounge one day where mom was, and she said, Linda, I just don't know what I'm going to do with that, Travis. And she said, what are you talking about? She said, well, he's a clown. (laughs) He likes to laugh and cut up and disrupt class. And, you know, this conversation went on for just a couple of minutes. And mama said, Molly, don't you have a paddle? (coughs) She said, yeah, I've got a paddle. She said, well, then use it. (laughs) She said, I don't want to hit him. He's not a bad kid. I love him to death. He just disrupts class, and he's a clown. She said, if he's disrupting class, bust his rear end. He'll stop. (laughs) So I went home that day. Mom was in the kitchen cooking. And I went in, and she said, well, I had a conversation with Miss Stewart today. And I said, oh, I don't like that woman. (laughs) She don't like me either. She said, that's where you're wrong. I said, what do you mean that's where I'm wrong? She said, she likes you a lot. Matter of fact, she loves you. She loves you so much that she don't want to paddle you for disrupting class and being a clown. (laughs) She said, but you know what I told her today? I said, what's that? She said, I told her to take you out in that hall and bust your rear end with that paddle she's got. If you're in there cutting up in class, you need to have your rear end busted. And she said, and I'll tell you this, when she does, she's going to tell me, and I'm going to bust your rear end again when you get home. So the next morning I went in, and guess what? From that day forward, Molly Stewart and I got along swimmingly. (laughs) I loved her, and she loved me. I became a class pet. I gave her no reason to take me out in that hallway and bust my rear end. And uh, I told that story, that account, at her funeral. Mm-hmm. And it got a lot of chuckles. And I said, I mean what I say. 
when I say that Molly and I became good friends because we'd stayed friends. We ended up going at the same church for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I adored that lady and really appreciated, the, especially the older you get, you appreciate your teachers. You don't appreciate them much then, but you sure do appreciate them now. Mm-hmm. You know, the impact that they had. So, you know, uh, at least with her, I was able to, I was able to tell her how much she meant to me. And, yeah. Bill, and Bill too. Bill and I had a good conversation a couple of months before he passed away. So I was able to share a lot with them. So good folks, man. You know? Yep. Just cream of the crop. Yep. Well, it's, 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 uh, it's no doubt that we all need those people like that in our lives no for doubt. sure. No doubt. My, um, our principal at the elementary school, we had some great principals, Mr. Robert Cantrell. I saw him back in the uh, back in the winter, and Mr. Cantrell looks just—he's eighty. He's in his eighties now. I can't remember exactly how old he said he was, but he looks just like he did the first day I laid eyes on him in nineteen seventy-four. Yeah, he hadn't changed a lick. He looks great. That's wild. And uh, then we had uh, Paul Bullard as principal when I was in high school, and I loved that man to death. Yeah. Um, we're getting kind of close to the end here, but I have a story about Mr. Bullard I'd like to share. Yeah, dude, go for it. Um, we were at, um, we, I was the president of the student council my senior year and the governor called the principals of several schools in middle Tennessee and invited them to come to the Capitol and they got to choose a student to come with them. It was some sort of an education thing that they did or what have you, you know. And so uh, the, the, the governor called Mr. Bullard, and Mr. Bullard in, invited me to go to the Capitol with him. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. You know, I'd love to go. So I got dressed up in my suit, and Mr. Bullard was in his suit, and we take off early one morning to go to the Capitol. First time, I, well, I've been in the Capitol before on a field trip, but, I mean, I actually got to go into the governor's office and meet the governor mm-hmm. with Mr. Bullard. Mm-hmm. So he was asking us, you know, about, you know, where are you from? We told him we're Fairview and all that. And he said, oh, man, one of my favorite favorite places to eat at, out there is at Fairview. And at that time, it was a little restaurant that they had out there called Gossages, mm-hmm. which is now the Country Cafe. Okay. And uh, so hey, then they got to talking about little meat and threes. And he said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, uh, you boys on the way home today. Why don't y'all just meet me for dinner at the City Cafe in Brentwood? So Mr. Bullard looked at me and he said, you got anything to do this afternoon? I said, no, sir. I said, just need to call my mama and let her know what time I'm going to be home. <laughs> so long story short, we ended up eating dinner with the governor at that the City crazy. Cafe in, in Brentwood <laughs> on the way home. And every time I saw Mr. Bullard after that, he'd say, you eating dinner with the governor lately? I said, no, sir, not since you. And <laughs> the last dinner with the governor I ever had was with you, so... Yeah, that was a pretty cool, pretty cool experience. That is, that's hilarious. Yeah. I didn't realize you were on the student council like that. Yeah, I was president of the student council my senior year. I'm starting to think you remember more about your high school experience than I do about mine. Um, I had a lot of fun in school. Mm-hmm. High school was fun for me. Uh, so yeah, I probably do have a lot of memories of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. Uh, that was uh, it was a very trying time, but it was a good time. Yeah. You know, the teachers, the teachers and, and, uh, the, the, 
you know, the, the organizations that I was in made it a lot better for yeah. sure. You know, if I had to give a piece of advice to any young person going into school or something like that, get involved in something. Yeah, for sure. You know, play a sport or join a club or do something, you know, no doubt. Get in there and get involved and get to know people. That's where, that's where the rubber meets the road right there. Make some relationships. Yeah. You know, that's some good advice there, Papa T. Well, we fixing that to wrap this up because I got a butt I got to wrap. Yep. You don't want to get your butt dry. No, no, nothing worse than an old dry butt. No. For sure. Well, thanks for uh, hanging out with me again for a little while today. It was cool to finally hear the uh, the tuba solo. That was cool. Mm-hmm. It was cool to get to watch you listen that to it. That was cool. Yeah, sorry I lost my composure there for a minute, but a lot of members came back. No, was it was playing. cool to see how much you um, missed it. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't know you miss something sometimes till it comes back to you, you know? Well, yeah, and that's a, that's a part of your life that I was never exposed to besides, you know, just, you weren't supposed to be exposed to that part of my life. (laughs) You weren't even thought of in that part of my life. (laughs) But I was sparking your mama at that part of my life though. There you go. At least, at least, at least the, 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 uh, the, the, the cat, the, 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 uh, what am I trying to say? The mold had been cast. Yeah. The mold had been cast. At least I was sparking you, mama. Well, I'm you know. sure glad you were. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Well, let's go, uh, let's go tend to your butts on the, on the Traeger and have us a, a relaxed Sunday evening here on, on our 4th of July weekend. We're going to. And by the way, I feel better now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think I'm going to have to have a nap and get up on the other side of the bed. I think I'm okay. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that this uh, <laughs> this shifted your mood a little bit. So, ain't Donna, you don't have to make that phone call. I'm good. Maybe, maybe if anybody else is out there on the wrong side of the bed or thinking about driving around mad at people, you know, using what's the word we were using? Traffic maybe? gestures you shouldn't use. Traffic gestures yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, you know, keep your fingers to yourself. Maybe you should just. Listen to a podcast. You don't have to listen to ours if you don't want to again, but listen to a podcast. Maybe it'll calm you down. Maybe it'll calm you down a little bit. That's right. Well, love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoy it, make sure you like, subscribe, and share it with your friends and your family. Um, If you like original music, I got some of that out that you can listen to. Just look my name up, Jesse Wayne Taylor. Anywhere where you can buy or stream music and you will be able to find me. And a little shout out to my little brother, Hunter Taylor, just put out his first single, Foot Stomper Number 9. So if you got your phone out looking up some music, look that one up too. And uh, yeah, if you want to buy some merch, jessewaynetaylor.com. You can do that there. Besides that, have a great 4th of July weekend. Be safe. Love on your families and... Have a good one. We'll see you next time. Peace out. Peace.